the Horror Foria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. I'll put that scared you. John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movie. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday the 13th. November 2020, episode number 84. We're talking Color Out of Space from 2020. Director Richard Stanley broadcasting from our... Let's see if I can do this. Why didn't somebody just comb my hair? (laughs) Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. And on a day that whatever can go wrong will, apparently, yeah. I know. Did you see that on Facebook? It's like like everybody's freaking out because it's Friday the 13th it and all is. these memes coming out. Friday the 13th, 2020. Yeah. Today's been a great day for me. Got to the gym. I oh, feel good. Great. The meeting I just had was very uh, Friday the 13th-like. So, um, Oh, boy. Yeah, I got to calm myself down a little bit here. And then, right, we'll talk about it off the air. <laughs> right. we, we don't have to air out dirty laundry. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But uh, <laughs> All right. Got any big plans this weekend? Um, no, I don't. Uh, I'm going to maybe... Uh, um, there's probably some things on my watch list I'm going to catch up on. And... Uh, I don't know. There's not really any snow, so we can't do anything here yet, but it's too cold to do anything else. So That's yeah, true. It is. It's cold here. Unseasonably cold right yeah. now. Yeah. Here so, in Wisconsin. There's a couple of things uh, that I can't think of offhand right now that I want to watch, though, so I'll probably probably catch those in the uh, movie room there that you enjoyed this week. Oh, we'll talk about that in just a bit. <laughs> All right, man. Horror movie news. Okay. Horror movie news. The Orphan 2 is now filming. Movie starring Isabel Furman, who played Esther in the first or- Orphan film. Also uh, confirmed Julia Stiles last week. Uh, last thing I remember Julia Stiles in was uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Remember that movie? She uh, was in The Born Identity and like The Born Trilogy. Oh, yeah, I guess she was in those too. That's right. Uh, Isabel Furman is about 23 years old now. Uh, the film uses makeup and forced perspective to create the effect uh, of her as a character who scams people into thinking she's a child when she's actually a psychotic killer. If you saw the first one. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, she apparently escapes from a psychiatric hospital in this one and poses as the long lost daughter of a wealthy family. There you go. Well, hey. So I, this is another film where the, there was like this twist at the end of The Orphan. You yeah. Know? And uh, I, I don't know how they're going to do this, but... Uh, uh, they're, and obviously they're having some, their actress is a, a, a little old now to be playing uh, Esther. So. Yeah, I mean, you said forced perspective and maybe some makeup, but I mean, there's no way they're going to de-age her, her 24. Cause yeah, you, can do a, you can do a lot of CGI this That's day, what I was thinking. Days, I mean, you know how they did it with the kids in uh, It Chapter 2. Right. Which right. looked terrible, by the way. Uh, that kind of did, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, and may, you know what? I mean, she's supposed to be this younger looking person who's actually old so maybe if she looks a little weird it, it it'll it'll be conducive to the film i don't know they don't need a sequel to that movie yeah. and they're waited so long to do it it's like <laughs> like like the zombie land yeah exactly no i agree i agree but uh, i did like the first one a lot so so did i i got a lot of enjoyment out of that one yeah Oh, we'll skip that story. That's not that important. Now we got a lot going on this week. BloodyDisgusting.com reporting that A24 is the Green Knight received an R rating for violence, some sexu- sexuality, and graphic nudity. Oh, boy. Sounds like my kind of movie. There you go. Uh, Green Knight is described by A24 as an epic fantasy adventure based on the timeless Arthurian legend. The Green Light Knight tells the story of Sir Gawain, who's played by Dev Patel. King Arthur's reckless and headstrong nephew who embarks on a daring quest to confront the eponymous Green Knight, a gigantic emerald skin stranger and tester of men. That one yeah. looks kind of interesting. I it love it does like the teaser because the only thing I've seen of that was 
the teaser. So yeah, uh, and, and most of the stuff coming out of A twenty four is great. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, stuff like that. Uh, Joe Blow reports that Ken Jones passed away this week. Although Jones only had three screen credits to his name, the one horror movie fans will remember was his role as the caretaker in one of my favorite Don Coscarelli's The Phantasm movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, caretaker was the first victim of the Sentinels, you know, the silver balls. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the one who, guy who got his head drilled into and you first saw it and the blood was pouring out. Yeah, that was great. Uh, he was the first person whose uh, head was drilled into by one of the Sentinels uh, in, fan, in the first Phantasm movie. So. Here's what I'm thinking is that you're subliminally subliminally trying to get me to get us to do a review on Phantasm. <laughs> You've talked about it for like the past four or five I, weeks. I love Phantasm movies. Everybody knows this by now. So. <laughs> we'll uh, do it. We'll do it eventually. <laughs> I mean, I, I have Don Coscarelli's book. For God's sake. Um, but uh, yeah, so so he uh, passed away this weekend. Uh, rest in peace, Ken Jeong. Uh, July 22nd, 2022 is the date set for the new Jordan Peele movie. Peele's first movie since Us premiered in 2019. Peele didn't say if the movie would be an Us sequel, but he did say there was a lot more stories to be uh, left to be told in the um and that universe, which he joking, jokingly referred to as the Usverse. <laughs> he was kidding. He was, he was like, the Usverse. Uh, uh, he went on to say that I have four other social thrillers that I want to inv- unveil in the next decade. Uh, the best and scariest monsters in the world are human beings. I would agree with him on that. Yep. And what we are capable of, especially when we get together. I've been working on these premises about these different social demons, these innately human monsters that are woven into the fabric of how we think, how we interact and each one of my movies is going to be about a different one of these social demons so uh sure that's going to be exciting uh, i hope it hits that july 22nd 2022 date and we're i'm very excited about this because he Absolutely. has taken a social stance uh from get out to us you know mm-hmm. i love the fact that he's going that direction you know you know and is yeah human well, beings are the the biggest monsters you totally know? agree with that <laughs> it's not somebody that's you know unrealistically huge yeah supernatural type thing it's just yeah your circumstance is what made you your the monster well i love the way peel does it too he's not sanctimonious he's not preaching at you with this with his message in his movie not trying to be political not not at all man commentary it's really well done i love the way he does it so uh, i am looking forward to that jordan peel is one of the uh, most talented people in horror today great hundred percent very very excited to see uh, what he comes up with next and uh, that's all That's all we're going to talk about today. All right. Uh, horror movie trivia. Director Richard Stanley made his major motion picture debut. He did do a couple of shorts before this with the, this 1990 sci-fi thriller horror film. What is it called? Sci-fi horror thriller film. That's not. From uh, 1990. Uh, this is a movie I've never seen. Okay. I don't know what. Hardware. Oh, okay. No, I've never seen that one either. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, I was digging. <laughs> a shirt Ward Phillips wears is from this fictional university featured in many H.P. Lovecraft stories. God, it was Providence or something like that? I don't, I don't remember the exact name. Miskatonic University featured Mis- in Mis- several Mystic of H.P. Lovecraft stories, apparently. Uh, and Ward Phillips is wearing this shirt. You can oh. kind of see part of it for uh, in the beginning of the movie. And then his, uh, you know, when it, things go crazy, his shirt uh, opens up a little bit and you can see the whole thing. So. Well, the colors were so, so bright that I just I couldn't pay couldn't attention. In, in my amazing theater room, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andy's Chainsaw Plot. 
Strange Lovecraftian things begin to happen in a town after a meteorite crashes into the front yard of a farm in rural Massachusetts. There you go. This is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Color Out of Space from 2020. You can find it on Shudder. We watched it on, uh, was it Pro- Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime is where we watch it, yeah. We actually got together and watched a movie, John. And we I. did. We did. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, and then come back to find out what we thought about it. As Andy uh, referenced earlier twice, is that I got to go to Andy's house, um, actually, uh, Wednesday. Wednesday night. And he's got a nice, wonderful setup, like a, a theater t- style. It's a surround sound. He's got the, what do they call that light bar? That's the Hue Sync light. So it's it's a several different lights all together. But uh, what it does is basically it syncs, you know, the HDMI uh, input from your screen to the lights in your room. So. It was cool. It added so much to this. Um, it, it was, uh, it, well, we'll get to the review, but yeah, it was really cool. If you have that kind of, th- you're going to get a lot of enjoyment out of this. Um, Andy, initial thoughts of Colorado Space. Uh, so, you know, this, this is an HP at Lovecraft story. I'm, I'm not really into HP Lovecraft. You know, he's obviously... You know, it goes without saying that some of his ideas were problematic. You know, he's he's kind of racist in some of his, uh, it, not just kind of, he's, he's racist in some of I read the original thing, uh, the, I read this short story, right. and uh, it was a, a little bit xenophobic too. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I mean, I'd, I'm not one to judge uh, people, you know, in the past from, with our current 2020 views, you know. Right. So you look at like Shakespeare and stuff. It's very problem. There's some very problematic ideas there, too. And I don't think it cancels out all their work. Um, the original story is a lot different than the movie. I think the movie is it, like the effects in it are great. The mm-hmm. color, the use of color in this movie is fantastic, which is why it works so well in that uh, with that system I have. Yep. And the sound was Amazing. It was. Um, Nick Cage brings Nick Cage to this movie. Um, <laughs> brings some Nick Cage to this movie. And I got, like, I, I thought there was a really great, uh, like, sci-fi. I'm not a big fan of sci-fi horror either. I really hate, like, uh, when there's a twist in a movie and it turns out that the monster is an alien. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, that Dark Skies movie. I thought that, I was, I, I didn't know what that was about when I watched it. And then, uh, you know, I was like, oh, this is pretty good and creepy. And then, you know, it turns out to be aliens. And I was that was kind of upset about that. But uh, so you generally don't really go for like the sci-fi outer space kind of horror. But uh, this this I thought had something for me. And I I, I thought about it. You know, I, I thought about like the whole time space thing uh, afterwards. There was some there were some things to think about in this movie that I thought were really interesting. Well, and, and I agree. I'm not a big sci-fi horror guy. I mean, it, if we're talking alien or alien. Aliens, absolutely, I love that. Um, but not not a big fan of that subgenre. Um, I love the fact that they brought the uh, space to Earth. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of manipulated everything. Um, the acting to me was so on point. You had mentioned that uh, Nicolas Cage was Nicolas Cage. He he started this movie at like a six or a seven. And then he kicked it up to like an 11, like the quarter away through the movie. I totally agree. I, I, I like he was subdued in Nicolas Cage in the beginning. No, I thought totally. he, he and was more subdued in Mandy, like in Mandy, because he was just a, you know, he's just a hardworking lumberjack, you know, going home, having this tragic, beautiful relationship with with Mandy. 
And then he turns it up halfway through the movie because of, of, of circumstances of what he saw. In this movie, there's something causing him to do this. It's not that he ha- suffered any trauma. It's just that he gets overtaken, I guess. Yeah, you know, exactly. Almost possessed. Because yes. it goes into this rage. Um, you know, it, I, I kind of loved the, the family dynamic of this. You know, you realize that mom uh, had cancer. You know, that, that's what happens at the beginning of the movie when um, um, Le, Lavinian, Lavinian, Le, Lavinia, Le, yes. Lavinia, she's doing her uh, Wiccan ritual, you know, to protect her mom or to help her mom get rid of her cancer. You know, this it, it was it's had that same kind of tragedy to it, but it also had kind of like this really good feeling family because, you know, they were eating and, and Nicolas Cage made a dinner and everybody's sitting around and it's like, like normal teenage, all oh, this, this food sucks. We don't want to have this. Um, but I, I thought it was great. I, I love the dynamic of the family. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it, it is, it is interesting how, and I think it is like a scary part of this movie, how this, uh, entity or whatever it is. And I guess when Lovecraft wrote this, he was, uh, he was sick of like um, humanizing aliens. He wanted to make something that was completely unhuman. So yep. this is this is what he created was a completely non-human like alien. Yep. Um, and uh, so the way this is uh, so kind of pervasive and and turns them kind of it's it's almost like um, I don't know if you call it I don't think it's really possessing them I'm not sure what power it holds over them but it really gets that like they are a happy family uh-huh. and it gets them to do things like uh, you know the way they talk to each other and stuff is all of a sudden really like mean and yeah and they're, kind they're of awful combative to absolutely you know, I, I think and the more I thought about it and got to chew on it is you know the kids as they're growing up, they're, they're confused about what's going on because at one point in the movie, you see a time jump, you know, uh, right. uh, it was like a f- six hour time jump of, you know, it was 1120 and then all of a sudden it's 545 yes. in the evening mm-hmm. and they don't know what's really what's going on. The parents seem to absorb this rage or whatever because they both like get at each other's throat at one point in the movie. Right. Um, and they're and they're really like on their kids too you know they're oh yeah you know, like saying really kind of terrible things to their kids he, he makes Lavinia really like cry at one point with yeah what, with what he's he says outside to her. and he's like just get out of my face okay <laughs> never mind I'm effing leaving and that's the voice man and he does that voice because you showed me or you texted me it's like Richard Stanley was a big fan of the character that Nicolas Cage played in in Vampire's Kiss which I am too yeah and it's just so <laughs> over the top that he brought this this accent back which is like hard to decipher what it is and it was just like I'll tell you honestly Eddie it took me out of the movie okay so it was immediately apparent to me that he was doing that accent right I I noticed that right away and didn't I say that well you did I I hadn't seen the movie I've seen I saw like the first 15-20 minutes of the movie exactly and he was talking like like his his natural dialect is Southern California Mm -hmm. you know just kind of this all right dude so you know you talk like this but you know, the accent, it, it was absolutely that accent. You know, Richard Stanley's like, yeah, I need you to bring this out. But then he goes into a whole different accent where it almost seems like he was making fun of, of somebody with a learning disability or that's slower. Well, OK, so I think that that was also from 
vampire's kiss the part you're talking about because there's a, there's a point in vampire's kiss where he's almost like uh he's so out of it it's almost like he's drunk or something yeah and, and that's I, that's the same accent he or same way of speaking that he uses now i know this this uh you do it a lot better than i do but this like uh you know accent that you're talking new york about, accent who I don't, it's like a, it's it's like an atlantic accent so um and and i learned this i gotta admit i learned this from uh juice on the uh, Straight Chillin' podcast, yeah. he he found this out. Is that Nicholas Cage made that accent up? It's not an accent. It's like this uh, mid mid Atlantic type dialect that he made up himself. <laughs> and in Vampire's Kiss, he uses it when he's condescending people or when he's trying to uh, when he's trying to appear more important than he is to important people. Right. He'll use this accent like when he's talking to his uh, therapist in Vampire's Kiss. But uh, <laughs> and I I love Vampire's Kiss, like I said, but. Uh, there, there's also points in Vampire's Kiss where he's just completely out of it in the vampirism. Well, what he thinks is the vampirism. He's just getting like totally deluded. Mm-hmm. And that's when he talks like what you're saying. Well, he's, it, like, it, he's more I, like, yeah, it's know. been a long time since I've seen that movie. But yeah, I, I, that makes sense. He but. goes in, he goes into like buy those teeth. And I, did, I don't know how long ago you saw that. But oh, I remember that he goes into buy those teeth. teeth and he's like, I want cheapy. <laughs> <laughs> that's so I think that's the same accent so i think that's you know he's speaking in like his normal accent his right. like you said his southern california dialect then he's talking in this like uh ha- like haughty mid-atlantic accent he made up to be important and that's that's like when the guy is deluded and messed up that's how he's talking yeah and, and you know it's it's almost like his it, like a, a split personality you know because it's like it's like a dr jekyll and mr hyde type thing um you know where he's like He's a stern dad, but then, like, when this thing kind of possesses or, or, or whatever the rage that comes inside, that's when he flips to this other accent and he's yelling and he's he's very vulgar to his kids but it, it turns on a dime he, like, like running upstairs they were going to go upstairs like to see the mom mm-hmm. right when the mom and we'll get more into that later but you know he's like oh no we just got to stay together okay so yeah you need to go in here yeah i mean it flips it's like it flips instantly and the parents are are the ones who are the biggest victims of this i don't i don't even know that it affects the children like that no it's, i really did because i i think that you know maybe maybe it's a uh commentary on, on children still being innocent could yeah, that could be i don't know like but not not overwhelmed it's definitely like and and he, you know nathan gardner who's nicholas cage's character in, right. in this uh to Teresa gardner says some really cruel things like he says well you would know what cancer smells like you know in and that one part oh, where, yeah. where there's that like jellyfish that shows up in his uh in his uh, yeah and the shower. way that, the way it kind of covers his yeah, head grabs and, his hand or whatever from the shower uh after that he's you know freaking out and he he's saying how there's this pervasive like cancer smell like a cancer ward or whatever yeah and he's like you would know that better than anyone which is a dickish thing to say to it somebody. totally was you know? but so. it was the thing like like he all he also so he, the reason why he relayed that was is his dad died. Yeah, he, was, he 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 said, "Well, you know, this is the way it smelled," and he was very uh, uh, pompous about it. Just yeah, like, oh, this is the way it smelled when my dad was passing away. Well, and that, and that was what was especially like cruel about it is that oh, yeah. there was it was just this like cheap shot, you yeah. know, that, to that his he, wife, that he, to his wife, you know, it, it wasn't like he was like being over and it, it, it like kind of ramped up. And that was when it, where it started, like he started saying that kind of stuff. And then eventually he's just like, 
out and out saying things about uh, Lavinia and the you know the way she acts and stuff like that, making her cry. Right. Exactly. You know, and and he just becomes more and more cruel. I think it's got this like uh, kind of effect over him. Is does he first start that like after they get back from the hospital? Yeah, I think I think that is kind of where that's well, you know, they had taken his like his wife got like was cutting carrots and went into this kind of trance thing and then started cutting carrots and just kind of closed her eyes and like cut her the tips of her like two fingers fingers right off. off, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So he he takes her to the hospital and leaves the older though. What's the older kid's name? Um, Uh, Be uh, Benny. Benny. Yeah. So he leaves Benny in charge. So, yeah. Yeah, and then when he gets back, because Jack's outside by him, the youngest child, Jack, is out there by himself and mm-hmm. sees his mom and starts crying as if something happened to him. You know, mm-hmm. but Jack's this whole time while they're at the hospital, you know, just staring at the well, you know, whistling back and forth to it. I'm talking to my friend. And that was, like to me, that was creepy because, you know, this kid's just he's my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm whistling to him and this weird stuff starting to happen. You got everything. There, there was there was weird stuff going on with time. He thought he f- had fed these uh, alpacas, I guess they were. And uh, well, he thought he put them back in. Benny put them in the barn and thought, like, he, put them in the barn, thought he fed them and they're off chomping on some of the, uh, uh, you know, landscaping and stuff because he didn't feed them, obviously. And that's when the clock changes and things. So. Well, yeah, that, like um, this is where things start turning around because it was daytime and Ward comes over. Ward's the uh, hydrologist. Yes. You know, he, he's at the beginning of the movie. He sees uh, Lavinia out by this lake doing this ritual to help her mom right and so which which i thought was a really cool scene too like that scene where she's starting to do this ritual or whatever almost makes it seem like a medieval movie or that's something that's what i thought i thought it was almost like a fairy tale movie <laughs> I, thought, type. I thought it i thought we were like in yeah in like the year 1100 in some fairy tale or something well and then he shows and then up. he shows he's up got regular he's, clothes like and it's like where this guy did they uh did part of the crew can show up onto the set or what yeah it felt, but it felt that way even when she was driving back she was barefoot on this horse so yeah no i thought that was really cool the way they kind and of her garbage showed like that. that and it really does seem like the opening of like a fantasy movie or something like that yeah, it does. I, I thought that was really cool uh, i loved the uh opening titles on this movie too actually the cinematics of the you know they show like the area oh man and the uh i just like kind of what they were doing with the titles there's like some i'm sure if you're into video or whatever it's not that hard but uh there was like some after effects kind of like moving around of the titles with the with the nature scene and I and I, I believe they're reading the beginning of the short story during that time. Yeah, the HP Lovecraft uh, story. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, you're right. It's about Nicolas that. Cage reading it if I remember right. Did you know that that guy's name was Ward Phillips? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So H well you put the H O Howard Phillips Lovecraft HP Lovecraft. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah. I actually read that on IMDb, sorry. <laughs> no, that's uh that's but yeah, so, so Ward's are, 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 I guess he's our main protagonist, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, so in the short story, he, uh, there's a, there's a surveyor who is the, who's the main point of view, you know, and he's, he actually, this, this is, this doesn't actually happen to him in this. He's, re, he finds out about this. It's kind of a mystery and he's learning about this uh, area called the Blasted Heath. Okay. Uh, and, um. And, and it's kind of told from a different point of view and he doesn't actually experience it. So this is a, a bit of a different take on, on the story. And I, it's, I think it's actually better than the story, the way this... this uh, well, he also plays the narrator at the beginning, right. at the end of the uh-huh. movie. Right. You know, say, you know, giving 
you know, just kind of a not really info dumping anything, just right. more of like, you know, reading a couple of lines from the short story. Um, you know, I. Well, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, he, he asked he kind of develops a rapport with um, with Lavinia. I thought that was a little weird because she I mean, she's what she can't be more than 15. I, I don't know. I don't know what, how old she was supposed to be. I didn't, I didn't think it was. Uh, she, he just kind of develops a friendship with her, though, where she's she's obviously kind of a closed private person. And, and he but she's she's got like a crush on him because yeah, there was maybe. one scene. There's one scene in the movie. OK, the meteorite drops. Right. Yeah. And why in the hell is he like surveying a meteorite if he's a hydrologist? Well, I think it, I think the it was affecting the water table, which is what where well, he they got didn't know that at the time because the meteor hadn't fallen yet. Yeah, he was just there. Hey, I'm here to check the water. Yeah, but he's looking at it like he knows exactly what's going on with this. Well, thing. yeah, that's true. I, I'm sure he in college he would have some some sort of science science classes that would teach him something about this. Maybe I don't know, but I think. You know, I, I didn't think it was too out of the question that he would, uh, you know, they go to um, Ezra's house to yeah. play by Tommy Chong. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty great character. Actually, that was actually because <laughs> the way the way we missed the we, we missed the uh, alpaca scene. Yeah. Yeah. The alpaca. OK, go. Well, well, okay, but, yeah, go we get to it. Anyway, uh, the, he they go to this Ezra's house who's played by Tommy Chong and he's he used got to be this, an electrician. Yeah. He, he's got this cat and uh, and stuff that we are introduced to which shows up later as a horribly, you know, like mangled alien. Cat. Yeah. Mangled, mangled alien cat. Exactly. And, and that's where he takes this coffee and it's like all like kind of yeah, messed yeah, he up. Sees the, he sees the rim of the cup. Like there's right. rust or something. Right. On it. Exactly. And it's got this iridescence to it that, right. that does not, you know, it almost looks like an oil on top of it. Right. So I, I don't think it's too out of the question. I wasn't taken out of the movie too much by the fact that he might be interested in what went on here because, and how it affected the water table maybe. Well, and, and I, I get it if he's there to check the water, but this incident happened after he had already been there saying, Hey, I'm just doing, I'm surveying the water here. And then all of a sudden we have this meteorite. Uh, <laughs> the name of the cat. G yeah, spot. G spot. Right. <laughs> that, that was kind of funny. That made me he, chuckle. He, he, yeah, that made me, fun, made me laugh too. Um, I did like, I liked, um, you know, uh, Madeline Arthur is the uh, actress that plays Lavinia. Oh yeah. I thought, did, was a good, you know, she looked like Jolie Richardson, who's, I really love Jolie Richardson, actually. I've watched her since uh, Nip Talk. Uh, I remember that show. Yep. She was on that. She's just great in that in that show, and I uh, I think she's a great actress. Um, and she did a fantastic job in this movie, too, I think. She did. But uh, I, thought, I thought they really looked like a mother and daughter, you know. Um, I'm not sure how much the uh, the other two kids did, but uh, those two looked looked a lot like a mother and daughter. Um, and uh, I, I I thought it was uh, kind of interesting how she you know she's doing this ritual in the beginning, mm -hmm. and then you see that she's performing this out of the Necronomicon, which is a book that's uh, that's mentioned again. I'm no H.P. Lovecraft uh, expert or anything, but this is a book that H.P. Lovecraft writes about in several of his of his books it's kind of you know when you say necronomicon it's uh book of the dead his, his idea is the book of the dead yeah that's where you know um evil dead got the idea and everything yep. that's where they got that word but uh there was actually a book published by in 1977 um by some uh author who is probably a fan of uh of hp lovecraft and um 
that's what that's the book she's using it's got like these rituals and stuff like that um according to lovecraft you know it's a the book of the dead it's like a grimoire so it's a book of black magic basically and um Kate contains a bunch of secrets of the, you know, the, the, some of the things he wrote up, like the past of the human race and the great old ones, you know, like where uh, Cthulhu comes from and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I kind of yeah, going back to the Wiccan thing real quick. Yeah. Um, when Ward four first shows up, uh, Lavinia is out there doing her, her ritual thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting that he knew about that. He's, yeah. He says, is it this or is it Wiccan? Is it Wiccan or Alexandrian is what he says. Yeah. yeah and he, and she goes, uh, what do you think? Well, I think it's Alexandria. Well, no, no. That was the second thing you said wrong today. <laughs> or second thing you did wrong today. Which are both Wicca. I mean, Alexandria's, uh, Alexandrian Wiccanism is just a different, you know, it was something created in like the 60s. So right. uh, it's a different form of it. But uh, I have no idea about that. You would know so, better because you dated women like I, that. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> so, but uh, what I thought was interesting about it, I mean, with the Necronomicon, did, did she like, were they trying to say that she brought this about uh, by doing this ritual from the Necronomicon? Did she, because it, you know, the, the meteorite comes after she does this, uh, this ritual. She's interrupted doing the ritual. So is, is she kind of responsible for this coming down, I guess, is is what I wondered if they were trying to say by showing that she had the Necronomicon and that 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 was where she was doing the spell from. I don't know. I I guess I didn't pick up on that. I mean, you also could maybe look at the oldest son, Benny. Mm -hmm. You know, he was all about astrology and everything like that and black holes and yeah. I don't know. I yeah. He was I guess playing a game called the Universe uh, Sandbox Two. Yeah, which uh, you can blow planets up. You can take like Jupiter out of our solar system and see what it does. To the solar system. It's a really cool game. But um, uh, I wish I had more time to mess around with it. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I think he was interested in in astronomy and stuff. But I feel like they were trying to say that she brought this about because she was doing this ritual and she she makes mention of how dangerous magic can be you know she says i don't do curses you that comes back on you threefold blah 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 you know so um uh you know not to be not, i'm sorry I'm, i don't mean to trivialize wiccanism or anything not blah 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 but you, you know she sa- she says that this is dangerous stuff and she's been interrupted in her in her um in her ritual there so, so it kind of broke the seal or whatever did it i mean is is that but, what, but is she that what also does here? a ritual later uh, like i guess a, as a protection of the family she starts cutting symbols into her body right on her forehead and on her neck and right and arms and hands and stuff like that mm-hmm. and starts yeah. bleeding on the neck like it it's, the camera shot specifically shows her bleeding on these Certain symbols symbols you're right you're right exactly so, so i i don't, I don't know, know what that was i don't know you know what another thing that that I don't yeah I, I'm not quite sure if that was supposed to be something that uh, so I I, I I don't know if that was the, the point of showing that or if it was just you know this was something that happened or if she brought it about I'm not really sure but another thing I'm not real sure about so this at the end of this movie this whole area is underwater like they've built a dam right is that what that was? Yeah, and so the whole area is in the story too. Okay. Like in the story, it, it was it, it was um, 
Yeah, they were going to build this reservoir over the top of this place, and that's why he was surveying it. Oh, okay. And so, and he says, like, you know, he says kind of the same thing Ward Phillips does, and that's that he wouldn't drink the water from this area, no matter how deep it was or whatever. And the mayor of the town, when the mayor shows up and, you yeah, know, that great scene. When the meteor first comes there, he's like, she says, you should have sold me this place when you had the chance. Yeah. I, okay. I remember that. So I don't know, really understand what, I don't think they ever really explained, man, maybe I'm just not smart enough to get it or I should have read the story a little more closely. But what, what was happening there? I wonder, because obviously they build this reservoir over the top of this place after this family's dead. Right. Uh, were they going to build this? And then I, I don't, I don't really get what that, and, and obviously that's why Ward Phillips is around too, because they're going to have this, you know, he's, he's there to find out what's going on with the water so that they can build this reservoir. Right. Yeah. So, well, well then again, I mean, you can question a lot of things then because a lot of the focus, the camera shots at the beginning were of the glasses of water. You know, Nick Cage has a, has a picture of ice water and he's filling the kids glasses up mm-hmm. and filling his own and his wife you know did she get the cancer from the water was there something wrong with it why why was ward there so nothing none of that was answered not really no i um, guess it's just the stuff for us to think about and i don't i think it actually does a good job of that you know you yeah can, but it still leaves this. me with questions of you know and you also brought up well you know her her being interrupted at the ritual at the beginning of the movie did that is that what caused this this supernatural thing to happen this meteorite to come from deep outer space to you know rid this place of whatever i i mean i don't know i i I, I can't i can't answer that question either i don't think it is and maybe it's just something for us to think about and i think this movie does a good job of leaving things kind of open-ended like that without being lazy about it you know it's not it wasn't lazy at all i I don't think it was lazy at all no this isn't a case of that where it's like the the writer just didn't want to explain it i think it's just giving us stuff to think on that we have to be interpreted smarter than i am being ambiguous you know yeah exactly uh, so there's the scene where uh, the mayor does show up because the meteorite has come and the news is coming to uh, <laughs> this, is, this is great. Movie. This is just great. You you should talk about. All right. It. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, the the mayor insists that the news media come in because I guess there's nothing going on around this town. The meteorite had kind of been swallowed by the earth or just just kind of made its way through the earth. So it's gone. It's just a big hole. Um, the, the funniest scene was uh, this this uh, news gal interviewing Nick Cage, Nathan, and the the little the little cards underneath says um, UFO <laughs> UFO witness. I didn't see a UFO. You know, he's doing his little thing. And, you know, uh, she goes, well, uh, were you drinking when you saw this? Well, yes, I uh, I dabble in bourbon. And I like and all of a sudden the card at the bottom on the TV says bourbon connoisseur, amateur farmer. <laughs> and and Nicolas Cage like likes freaking out. He's like, why couldn't they just comb my hair? <laughs> I think he says, why doesn't, why didn't anyone give me a comb? <laughs> give me a comb. <laughs> but, Cause his hair is kind of all over the place. And the, uh, yeah, the reporter is asking about like his bourbon consumption. He's like, <laughs> well, I like to have one once, uh, once an evening. Yes. You know, yeah, and, and is this, is this like a further degradation of his, uh, of his psyche or whatever? Because, 
this is kind of like vanity and, and really being he, he's really upset about the way he's portrayed on this. Exactly. On this, he seems like a know? like a like a boob, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and is this and, and he's using that accent. So I want, you know, like in, in Vampire's Kiss, he was using it when uh, he was trying to be uh, important or impress people or, you know, he felt more important than the Throws people he was talking around. to. So is when he uses that accent in this, is this when he's being affected by the color, you know? Well, that's that's a great question because I, I was wondering that if he gets possessed by this because you see it a little bit in his wife because Teresa yes. so you see it a little bit in her when she, like her rage it's almost like a rage thing it is and, and it doesn't affect and he's, the kids and he's using that accent when he's watching himself on TV yeah, here he's exactly like right. why didn't someone give me a comb <laughs> you know it's and that's see it took me out of the movie because you because I hadn't seen it that far you said he uses the same accent I'm like no it sounds just his you know his dialect from Southern California it was that it's exactly yeah. that accent that he was it using. absolutely is so I think when he's being affected by this thing he starts to use one of those two accents from Vampire's Kiss well I think he uses the other one like you were talking about the one where he's kind of out of it yeah is when he's been drinking the bourbon Ah, that could be too. Yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because he do. drinks a lot. Well, he drinks a lot of the bourbon, and the bourbon, the ice cubes in the bourbon have the, the color in they it. Color, you know, they, they show the iridescence in the ice cubes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and that that could be. I mean, he, that that that's true. He, he whenever he drank that bourbon, it was when he kind of talked like that. Yeah. So um, I think he's using those accents in the same way he did in Vampire's Kiss. It's for certain you know moods that he's feeling when he's being affected by this thing or. Yeah, by by the bourbon and the color. So, yeah, it was interesting. Um, the phone calls while I'm jumping, we're jumping back and forth here. No, that's fine. Uh, when um, Teresa goes to the hospital, or Nathan takes Teresa to the hospital mm-hmm. to get her surgery, um, there's a couple of phone calls from. Well, it's Dad. Lavinia gets it on her cell phone, and it's like like it's this weird sound, and it first happens to Ward actually. Um, you know, right after this meteor lands, um, you know, he gets a phone call and it's just like this static and then like these whispering voices. Uh, he sees the shape. I, I thought this was really cool. The shape of of color, like this this outer space color just kind of forming a shape of something. You don't know what it is. You can't pinpoint it. All of a sudden, jump scare, boom, the car starts up with the and then the radio turns on and then it's just like. What in the world is going on here? We did not talk about the cinematography and the aesthetic of this movie. Yeah, it, well, it's great. First I mean, of all, to but me, <laughs> it was, and again, with like the surround sound and stuff, it yeah. sounded great. It looked really great. Yeah, I, I really think that when you when you watch this in an environment like we did, it, it improves the movie. This isn't as good as what I think it is because, you know, we've got all this. It really goes well with a surround sound system and this light thing that I have in my... It really worked well with that. Well, I think overall uh, it's, it's but, really but this, good. Yeah, the cinematography is great. Just the, Like I said, the opening scene alone, it's almost like that Planet Earth show or something. It's, just, it's really great. Yeah. Uh, and, and I loved what they did with the... Uh, opening credits and and just the you know this is supposed to be kind of a uh it, it almost has like an enchanted feeling to the the whole like woods and everything that yeah i, and, I agree because and I liked, they get their water from a well right oh you know there's there's not a lot of focus on the technology it's a lot outside the house is very simple looking from outside right you know it's like a, a barn 
um, you see vehicles. But yeah, you're right. I, I think you're right. It's got that kind of fairy tale slash medieval kind of feel to it because it's simple. I guess. I guess the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, but to get back to what you were saying, I think like the, where this phone thing is happening, mm-hmm. uh, I think they're like connected to the other universe where this thing comes from at that right. point, well, right? Well, Lavinia, like when when um, Nathan and Teresa get back home, you know, uh, he, she asks Nathan, did you try to call me? Well, yeah, I tried to call or, or, or he said, I tried to call you. He's like, well, you just kept yelling at me like like she mm-hmm. heard the static, but it's she heard Nathan like yelling at her. For some reason. Exactly. And exactly. and you saw one of the calls where he was in the hospital. He's like, uh, hello, Lavinia, hello. He's- yeah, and I think we need to, we should probably start talking about the lightning because that's where, where things really make a turn and start getting good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because like, like, and again, with Andy's uh, entertainment center, it's like, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, <gasps> I'm in a lightning storm right now. Right. So so in the story, uh, uh, again, the, this lightning storm is, is a big turning point as well. Like it splits this rock into six pieces. Okay. And, uh, you know, scientists are able to do things with it and like they hit a part of it with a hammer and it like uh splinters all apart and stuff so um but when this happens in the movie uh jolie let's see that's Teresa and her son jack get hit by this well what happens is is that's what sends it into the ground and it starts absorbing into the well so this is where jack is actually talking you know talking to the aliens which is his friends and things are starting to pop up so um you know it's starting to look beautiful like all these flowers are just starting to bloom you know there's one point where uh nicholas cage he's got these weird looking tomatoes that look like many pumpkins red pumpkins and he takes them inside he's washing them and he's like he starts biting into it and spitting it out, and you know that he has another freakout moment here. And that's another thing from the from the story because in the story the same thing happens. They have this incredible produce that that grows, right. but when you take a bite into it, it's so terrible that you have to spit it out. Right, and so uh, the entire crop is ruined, even though it looks beautiful. Yeah, exactly right. So so um, you know, there's a point where they're all kind of sleeping in their own areas. Like like Nick Cage is just like they've got these symbols and stuff coming out of the static of the TV. So he's just you know. He's in a trance. Um, Jack ends up sleeping with Teresa, you know, because he's scared, obviously. She, he ends up leaving the bed, and Teresa's freaking out. Where, where's Jack? Where's Jack? And he's, um, isn't he out by the barn? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Or does she, mm-hmm. He goes into the barn, and then, like, something, they see a light, like the... Uh, the was like, alpacas have already kind of yeah, fused or whatever. Yeah, fused like almost like the thing. Right. And then, uh, you know, a big ball of light or a big blast of light comes out. And oh, my God, that was <laughs> they were fused together. It was like almost like um, like Jack got pushed through her body, like completely through and then fused to her back. They were fu- referred to it as reabsorbing. Him. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 she absorbed him, but he, he almost got like. Like well, they refer to it as reabsorbing, so like kind of a a reverse of the birthing process is what I was. Yeah, yeah at, that's kind of what it was though. But like 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 he got pushed because she was holding him, and you know he had her his head in her chest while she's like holding him, shielding him from this. Like he got pushed through her through to her back and that, got fused. That's exactly what it was like. So, actually. so it was like yes. this, and then got fused to her back. Yes, his face is sticking over. 
out of her back, and it was uh, pretty disturbing. That was really disturbing. <laughs> and, uh, so they, they take her up into the attic or whatever, and, and the sounds that he and she are making mm-hmm. are were added to the disturbingness of, of uh, to how disturbing this was. And, and the way you had the surround sound, because, you know, you had you had Nicolas Cage just like trying to, we got to call the cops. My phone's dead. I, what? You know, like the, this other world's kind of inter- interfering with their phone calls. And, uh, you know, they they open the curtain and like they're the mom and the kid are getting burned. It's like, <laughs> oh, we can't expose them to sunlight. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure what that was about. They're vampires, I, I, guess. I guess. that, too. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure why that wasn't one of the effects uh, yeah. of this. Now, I think I think what the, they're trying to maybe say something about radiation, and uh, this is like radiation and mutation or something like that. It seems like it. I mean, and especially what happens at the end, which we'll yeah. get to. Um it's like a very um, 50s version of what happens when, uh, I don't know if you read comic books when you were a kid, but a lot of these comic books, like a nuclear bomb would hit and there'd be all these mutants and, and things that kind of fuse together like this, you know? So I think they're, they're you know, taking a, a look at, at that, at whatever is happening in space, like through that lens. Well, I think uh, over, you know, I think overall, I mean, if you're going to like put a social commentary on something is just, you know planet preservation mm-hmm. you know the things that you're doing to your planet right now are going to affect you know what happens in the future but they end up taking uh teresa fused teresa and jack upstairs mm-hmm. and actually uh, to that point as well will at, at at one point um i'm sorry uh uh, Ward uh, refers to what what's happened to like the alpacas and stuff is radiation burns. Oh, okay. It's like it looks like radiation burns when he's looking oh. at that. Oh, he's looking the, at a lump of like a, a deer. Yeah, and it rabbit. was like deer, and that they said there's a cat in there. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <Which> they saw. <laughs> and I think, of course, the family dog was fused in there because there's another dog death. We can't, you know, review any movie unless there's a dog death. Yeah, well, you know, there's multiple <laughs> animal deaths in yeah. this one. Well, there certainly are, um, and. Um, so he refers to it as kind of it looks like radiation burns or whatever. So I think the it's kind of this like mutation radiation burn type type idea. So, um, but uh, you know I, I want to I also want to talk about what. So she does start to mutate like she does. She and Jack start to mutate into this like monster. Right. So you liked the effect when he was just sticking out of her back. Yeah, I, I, I really like that because it was disturbing as hell, man. Um, he goes outside because it, like like you actually see the alpacas all fused together and they're like mm-hmm. these. Yeah, exactly like you picture with alien or, or with the thing. The thing, yeah, it you was know, very much like the thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, their skins all peeled off, and they've got fangs now. Mm-hmm. And you know, he takes a shotgun out there and just blows them all away. And the blood that came out of him is magenta. Yeah, it was. You know, which figures in later because you see like other things bleed magenta, and you know they've been affected by this, right? You know, um, but I, you you did not like the Pretty effect true. when uh, when when the mom when Teresa becomes more of like a monster yeah like a spider monster i thought that was pretty i thought that was actually creepy like the top shot of her is she like kind of went over over to uh it, the sheriff and and nick cage i thought that was pretty creepy yeah it was warden the sheriff up there mm-hmm. um it jump scared me but i just i didn't like the look of it i wasn't a fan i i don't know that it jump scared me but i was kind of like jarred by the creepiness of that effect and i thought that 
as she morphed and mutated some mutated more and i guess it probably was cgi but i thought her face and stuff was pretty it was a pretty scary effect actually i mean it wasn't the worst thing but it wasn't it didn't do it for you huh it didn't do it for you no not really um but yeah and nicholas cage ends up shooting her and then you know another heartbreaking scene is the jack on the back (laughs) still alive and puts the gun against the head and it it's done off screen and right um yeah we we should probably start wrapping so this. well yeah and and i you know one other scene that i really liked was when they go back to ezra's um shed or whatever he lives in there out in the woods right and he's sitting in the chair dead mm-hmm. uh, because he's been drinking this and this is real to real playing of his uh, voice of his voice like saying a bunch of stuff about what's happened and all that and the battery is dying so it's fluctuating like I love that fluctuating voice. the speed I loved that scene I thought it was really disturbing really creepy I mean there's this dead guy sitting in the chair and he's saying all this weird stuff and there's this pitch oscillation that that was great I love that scene yeah it, it was cre- it, it kind of reminded me of like a possession movie mm-hmm. yeah Whoa. absolutely and saying whatever he was mm-hmm. saying so he yeah he was he was dead he was almost like mummified right um the sheriff gets <laughs> gets choked out by a tree picked yeah. up and choked out that was actually pretty cool because it was so stealthy <laughs> because warden and the sheriff are going back to uh nathan's house uh nathan had gotten shot at this time right mm-hmm, so the sheriff you. gets taken um ward wants to go back and get lavinia and get her out of there he's like i'm gonna be back she decided because nathan got shot dies and uh lavinia says nope this is my home i'm staying here with my family we never leave each other right that's when they go to ezra's house uh ward comes back and then man it was like like this lavinia is got possessed yeah she was like her eyes started turning that magenta color and the different colors coming out of her this is a super intense scene i really liked the scene uh where and you can eat like time and space and everything are getting warped and and jacked up by this this color out of space yeah this color is starting to overtake the screen yeah absolutely and in like as people move like they're they're glitching or whatever a trail there's a trail going behind them yeah so it's a great great very intense scene i i love this scene because he ward goes back inside mm -hmm. he sees nathan who who died but he's Mm -hmm. sitting on the chair so obviously it was like because at some point nathan you know my family's all here my family's sitting here we're talking to each other yeah. and then all of a sudden you see the family you see them there yeah, yeah and they t- all turn around and yeah, what was that about them. i didn't really get that what I, was going on i think that that it was just you know time and space like you said everything okay. was getting twisted they were it was so getting twisted nathan so they were there alive. they yeah, yeah nathan yeah, was right. still alive although he had yeah. died by a shotgun blast yeah and then um you know there's this chase because you know nathan's chasing ward uh, ward goes down to the the cellar the wine cellar right. so he locks himself down there and nathan's like trying to get in and then there's an explosion right a major like nuclear bomb explosion right and man that looked so good like after after the aftermath because mm-hmm. ward lived right everybody else is gone but it was nothing but white. Yeah, he comes in. It was like ash. Everything's vaporized. There's yeah. ash raining down. It's like a totally different. Uh, co- there's no. There's an absence of color now. Yeah, exactly. Where everything was this magenta color before. Yep. Now there's. It's it's almost like black and white. Yeah, exactly. And it was a like a really stark. Um, 
contrast. The contrast, uh, you know, in, in the light in the in the in the room, yep. you know, was was really uh, you know, almost had to shield your eyes. You know, yeah, it really was. And I love the camera scene because it was almost kind of like pointing upside down a little bit yes. as it's panning out of it, and you see how much of this like forest area has been taken out yes. by this. Uh-huh. So um, I thought that was really effective. So we wrap up like uh, we talked about at the beginning of this, where Ward's cut is your narrator saying, you know, I'll never drink this water. He's mm-hmm. a couple of years older. He's got a beard now. He's smoking, what is it, a joint or a cigarette? Or a cigarette, yeah. And yeah, end movie. Yep. Did we miss anything? No. 51 minutes so. in. Right. So are you ready for your rating, Andy? Yeah, I think so. So, what are you going to give Color Out of Space? Well, I think I enjoyed this movie a little bit more because, you know, I did watch it with a, a friend, you, yeah. Yeah. and, you know, uh, the the sound and the environment we watched it in, I think, was really conducive to watching this particular movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think movies like this one and Mandy really are effective in that, with that system that I have, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think I tend to over, I, I would overrate this movie a little bit. Um, all said and done, is it a great movie? I don't think it's Mandy. You know, if nope. I really objectively look at this and if I watched it, you know, on a TV. Just, just on a regular big screen. A regular yep. big screen. Maybe I give this like a two and a half. But I, I, I'm looking at a three and a half just because I enjoyed the viewing experience with you so much. You know? Well, And I did too. But I, I am going to take an objective view of it because... I mean, to me, the acting was spot on. Some of the accents that Nicolas Cage did kind of took me out of the movie, but Mm -hmm. it stayed on point. This movie stayed uh, uh, very... The continuity of this movie was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a lot of questions. This is a better than average movie. That's, you know, you're absolutely right on that. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, there were a lot of unanswered questions, but it wasn't the lazy writing. No. It was stuff you can think about later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and and I I don't think I'm going to go as high as you, but I'm going to say this is a really good movie, and I'm going to give it a three, and I think people need to check this out. I mean, even if you don't like sci-fi horror... It, 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 you don't feel that. I, I didn't feel that at all, and I don't like sci-fi horror. But yeah, I mean, I, I give this movie a three and a half. I really had a great time watching it. I think it's a great movie. There's a lot to think about. The acting is fantastic, yeah. actually. you got to give it almost three just for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I just I just wonder if like you you know didn't have the... Watching in the same environment as we did, if you would... Uh, you would feel the same way about it. You know, I, I, I'm not sure about that. I think it's, I think like a lot of Nick Cage movies, it's, uh, it's an acquired, you know, you gotta, you're going to either love it or hate it. Well, I I don't think so. I I disagree with that. I think that Nick Cage does Nick Cage. I mean, whatever. Okay. But to me, everybody, every other character in there were, meant something there was no throwaway characters there was no there was no character in there he was like what is he doing here what is she sure. doing here they all had an integral part of this movie okay yeah you know i so, can see i can see that i just I, you know what i'm gonna change my score i'm gonna go three and a half too sorry i like this movie it's yeah fun. i really did i i really love the movie i just uh, i'm not totally sure it's it's for everyone though mm. you know would i recommend this to to you um if you're an H.P. Lovecraft fan, absolutely. If you liked Color Out of Space, the story, you're going to... This is actually superior to it, I think. This is a better story than what H.P. Lovecraft wrote. I'll say, I'll say this real quick. If you liked From Beyond, Stuart Gordon. If you liked Reanimator, Stuart Gordon. 
you are actually really going to enjoy this. I would let's, agree with let's, that. Let's say that. Let's I would totally agree with that. If you're a fan of those two movies. I would totally agree with that. Then you are going to like this movie. Yeah. At least like it. Not Maybe not love it. I, I agree. I totally agree. All yeah. right. Well, there you go. Three and a half from both of us. We agree on something finally. Hey, <laughs> uh, coming up next week, we're going to be ha- joined by our buddy Rob from Straight Chillin' Podcast. We're talking about the brand new movie on Shutter called Blood Quantum. Going to wrap up the month with host. Uh, a lot of people talking about this, Andy. It's less than an hour long. It's a Zoom only filmed movie. <laughs> Uh, I think you're going to get some enjoyment out of it. We'll kick, kick off Santa Slays Month with Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Excellent. All right. Garbage day. Garbage day. <laughs> Everybody have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to episode 84 of the Horror Foria podcast. Don't forget to review us if you listen to us on iTunes or you can hear us anywhere you get your podcast. Everybody have a great weekend and we will talk to you next week.